it just makes me want to set myself on fire. life hello hello this is wild but it's working <laughs> we are officially recording is that a good volume for you yeah it works perfect okay all right i've never done this with another human so it's gonna be fun for both of us well thank god for editing i know right <laughs> and thank god i also know someone who's a great editor <laughs> tell the people who you are um yeah so my name is shane and i am a i guess i would call myself queer trans individual i like it it's it's honestly the first time we've had this conversation for in our entire friendship and it's interesting because when i met you you hadn't transitioned yet so i've got to know you the entire transition and see it all happen and it's been really interesting to experience as someone who's never had those feelings in regards to their body we say this so like if I offend you like correct me because I won't know until you tell me but when you were in more of a female body how was your mental health like what started making you realize that you were feeling more in the wrong body I would actually say like the feelings of me not being, I guess, comfortable, actually, when I think about it, go way back to when I was a kid. Um, I was always the tomboy growing up. I grew up with um, a lot of male uh, relatives. So I was always thought of myself as one of the guys, but I really didn't know how to kind of you know, form those thoughts or feelings kind of like what they were. So growing up, I always felt out of place just with the sense that I really didn't know who I was. So it didn't come until maybe I would say when I was, when I moved out on my own the first time when I was about uh, 20, 21, where these feelings of me being so out of body and, you know, just not being comfortable with myself where I actually stumbled upon on researching like trans people, like the transgender was like a, a new found word that I discovered on my own. And then everything at that moment kind of clicked because I had no idea, you know, who I was or, you know, anything going on in my life. And that was just kind of like the new thing that kind of helped me kind of, you know, makes sense and it wasn't until then yeah where where things kind of just got i guess they didn't get better but i'm just saying where you know it just made sense so like for me when i first like was doing my coming out process i always have been saying that coming out is a 50-step process because when i first started kind of figuring out my sexuality i kind of was like oh i'm just bi And I didn't kind of realize that, like, you could just be a lesbian. And then when I became a lesbian, 
been or realized I was one, I should say, it like clicked for me. And so when we first met, you were identifying as a lesbian or were you kind of already clicking towards transitioning and just didn't know how to get to that step? I I think at that time when I met you guys, I did identify as a lesbian only because I didn't know the avenues to transition. It was still kind of like a foreign concept to me that I didn't know kind of like what was going on. So I just felt very lost. But in my own journey also, I would say, yeah, I, I, when I was a kid, I think it was like grade seven, I came out as bi because I had no idea what was going on. This is what made sense to me. And then I came out again in high school where I told my friends, I was like, I think I'm a lesbian this all makes sense (laughs) and and then I and then I came out again and that's when we became friends is when I came out as trans so I've definitely I definitely understand like the whole 50 step part of it because I've done so much coming out to myself and that's one thing I say is that the first like time you come out you have to come out to yourself like a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of mental play with figuring out sexuality and gender. And there's a lot of, um, you know, how you were raised and you um, are part of the indigenous community. So did that help you or hinder you in a way? Because um, from like my understanding that you've kind of taught me over the years is that two spirited people are very well, well honored. Did that make you feel more comfortable in your transition? With that being said, I I wasn't brought up in a traditional sense, so I didn't learn about two-spirited people until I started my transition. I grew up, my parents weren't, you know, like religious or anything like, I, my grandpa was a pastor, so like I, I grew up a kind of around that religious sense. I went to Catholic school from K to 12, so I had to, I was kind of- Whoa, what? Yeah, I I did the full Catholic uh, Catholic thing. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't as bad in the sense where I think because my parents kind of knew that like when I talked to my mom, she always said like we like that she wanted to let us as you know kids kind of figure out our own path so like it didn't hinder me but I also like they weren't exposed to anything like that so they didn't know how to handle anything that was different than you know kind of how they grew up so my you know coming out was all done for myself but I did keep it kind of secret because I I just didn't know how my family would react because you know my grandparents are religious and you know most of my family is actually pretty religious as far as either being, you know, Christianity or Catholicism or some sort of form of that. Well, I do get to say as someone who has met your mom, that she is the bomb.com slash UK. And I love her. She is a great human. And so have you felt like your relationship with your mom or with your dad or with your family in general has gotten closer since you've been able to freely be you? Yes, I would say, a hundred percent. I know I 
as as a kid growing up and being a teenager because I had all these weird feelings and I didn't know what to do with them I definitely pulled away from my family greatly just for my own uh, I don't know I just became angsty I just didn't know um so I kind of lashed out at them you know you know I was kind of an ass to my parents and I feel really bad now but now that I have come out to most of my family I wouldn't say 100% as far as coming out, because for me, it's not as important, I guess, for my older, the older generation, like my elders, like my grandpa, my great uncles and aunts, for them to really, like, they don't have to change the pronouns, they don't have to change the name. And that's just a personal thing. Like, I know, I know people who transition that like, it's, it's very important to them. And I completely respect that. But for me, I think as long as they know when I'm around them that I'm just happy in general and I want to be around them, I feel like that they can understand that. But I'm not going to force them to do something or I'm going to reprehend them, you know, when they make a mistake. But I know that my parents try really hard. You know, they, they don't use the right pronouns, um, but they like they try. And that's all I can commend them for and I feel like that's definitely brought us together closer um, as far as a family like I now I spend so much time with them you know we we always have fun and it's just it's a different dynamic than even even like five years ago and that's really awesome because I think we've only known each other like maybe four or five years to be honest I don't know how far our friendship goes back I was actually trying to think today um when I was at work planning out this episode and I was trying to figure out when we actually met and for the life of me I don't have an answer because I think you're kind of like one of those people who have become so prominent in my life that I just think you've always been in it so I don't know when you just kind of appear to drive me crazy and give me gray hair (laughs) (laughs) you better get a gray hair I know that for sure um, I think it might have been around when I started dating um, Caller J um, back in like 2014. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that timeline would make sense. Yeah, because she was she was friends with with you guys, so that's kind of how I met you guys, kind of like on the wayside. So yeah, yeah I think so. And then we kind of just were like, oh come to us yeah you kind of you kind of get stuck with me you know what i'm okay with it i like to say that i got to keep the friends in the divorce and i got to keep like the kick-ass friends in the divorce so really at the end of the day i'm winning yes yes we um out of i guess both of our divorces we found great great people yes um so back to, because I, I swear to God, we could be so off topic in 13 seconds. I, I'm still waiting for beer to come up just because of he, who you are as a human. Um, but before we dive down that rabbit hole, what kind of advice would you give to anyone who is starting their coming out process to themselves and figuring out not only their sexuality, but their gender identity, because that's never something I've had to do. I would say, you know, find, find people around you that are, you know, going to support you, find your support people, do your research, you know, there's, there's so many, like, avenues, I guess, that, you know, as far as identity, that, like, it's not just one thing, 
And with that, I would say, don't, don't rush it. Don't like feel like that. You have to be like, as far as my transition goes, it took me a few years and I'm glad it did because it kind of helped me figure out who I was and what I can kind of do to, to help me. It wasn't transitioning isn't an overnight process. Like it definitely takes a while, but I feel like just taking the time to kind of, you know, just be with yourself, but also having those support people that you can talk to is very, very important. Is there, um, was there a moment or is there still the feeling that like, do you now feel like you have fully transitioned, like you are fully kind of defined in the way that you want it to be defined? Or are you still feeling like you're on your journey? I think as far as, I think as far as like, the definition of, I guess, when people talk about it's like medical, like I put it in quotations. Um, I think I felt it. <laughs> I think I think I'm like I'm happy with with my body the way it is. Um, I mean, you know, I could always be in better shape, but you know, that's that's something completely different. <laughs> That's just a human complex. That's just breathing. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as, you know, I, I like the changes that have happened, you know, taking hormones. Uh, you know, I, you know, was finally able to get top surgery and that was the biggest milestone. And that's really all I wanted was just to end there. But I think as far as my journey, I think it's going to be never ending because, you know, like you were saying in a past episode, like the one previous is that coming out is always going to be something you do nonstop for the rest of your life. You know, the, well, like when you said, when you go to work, when you meet new people, or you, you know, you want to, you know, start a relationship, there's always that coming out aspect. And I feel like my journey is never going to end because I'm always going to be coming out to people and telling them, you know, my experiences if they don't know or they want to know. And it's just, you know, I guess being that stepping stone, that's kind of like an educational portion, you know, where I can, you know, my, my answer is not the answer for everyone, but my answer is just mine. And here's my experiences. So somewhere along this journey, you became a self-advocate for um, your identity and your rights and your, um, pronouns and I know that you used to be on radio too um and now every so often I hit you up for a project (laughs) hey pay off for the grays (laughs) with that being said is there more on the platform that you're wanting to do or are you kind of leaving it in the hands of faith of if someone approaches me and asks me I'll answer but I'm not going to put it out into the world I think that's how I've always kind of done it um I'm definitely not the person to put myself out there willingly. I just get, you know, I, I do deal with anxiety a lot. So that kind of scares me a lot. So definitely if somebody, you know, I've done this before with pride a couple of years back when they wanted, you know, first like indigenous people to come share their stories um, for pride. And I definitely wanted to do that because I wanted to share my voice because, you know, I don't see a lot of myself out there and, you know, I would love to encourage, you know, other Indigenous people to, whether or not it's, you know, fully transitioning or just, you know, embracing, you know, their 
two-spirited non-binary selves. That's, you know, something I would definitely want to help with. I, I guess for me, I've fallen into kind of the advocate who, who doesn't really put themselves forward, but is willing to talk because I know for myself, I could have easily, you know, after transitioning, I could have easily gone stealth. I could have easily just, you know, transitioned and said goodbye and, you know, just, you know, laid really low. But I feel like because being an indigenous person, I'm already kind of already kind of out in the open for people. So I don't really blend in with society. So being queer and trans, I feel like my voice is just as important as anybody else's. But, you know, if they want to hear it, then I'll gladly share it. I feel like you have so many platforms of which to speak. And I think one of my favorite things is that I've listened to you speak for so long and I've listened to you perform um, musically as well. And it's always just been kind of amazing because you have this effect on people where they kind of just sewn into you like you're you say you have performance anxiety and and I've seen it. But the minute you get on stage, you kind of just pull an audience into you and you're very captivating to to watch and listen to because you've got a very soothing voice which is not something I'd ever thought I'd say about you but (laughs) it's gotten gotten better with transition (laughs) one of the things you did is you recorded a song um from when before you started tea and then you re-recorded it after you had started tea how did it kind of feel listening to that progression like not only seeing a physical progression but actually hearing the progression i know when i did it and even still now when i like i i come across it for me listening to my voice pre-transition i definitely hear somebody who is you know more who was kind of lost you know more anxiety you know, more bouts of depression, somebody who just didn't know who they were. And that's who I, who I hear. And, you know, but that person made me who I am today. So it's an interesting thing looking back to hear all of that and to find myself that I've made great strides in my life to get to now, even though, you know, to some people, you know, I'm not making, you know, thousands of dollars. I don't have, you know, a you know, a high paying job or a house or anything, but it's just those, those personal achievements that really kind of make me grateful for the life I do have. I mean, I've always said it, that it doesn't matter, like the comparative, it's kind of the fact that you are striving and surviving and that you are happy in being you and that you have found a village that you're happy to call a village and you've got your support system in place. And for me, it's just been really, really awesome to watch because I remember there was kind of, kind of a time where um, you were going through everything and you were living with us and um, we could see the mental health stuff. And that's when I, before I think I went off my deep end or at least when I, before I was diagnosed with everything. And so now seeing you and listening to you is just like night and day. It's like, I've, you know, I always call this like the reason I call this podcast is set set yourself on fire is because it's supposed to be the metaphor of a Phoenix rising or the ashes. And with you, I see it 
a hundred and ten percent. Like you've just become so strong in yourself and what you have to say and kind of what your lines are and what you'll say and how open and brave you are in your journey because you speak so for so many platforms. Like I speak for, you know, kind of two platforms only, but you have a whack load of platforms and I guess titles or definitions that, that help make you. So at the end of the day, my, my ending question, I, I guess I will say, since I'm all about mental health, is what, at the end of the day, do you do for your mental health self-care? For me, I've definitely learned to, it's okay to relax. It's okay to take time for yourself. Um, it's definitely, it's you know, trying not to, to beat yourself down, you know, constantly, you know, if things don't go the way they should. I definitely, when I, like, recently, like, as far as back as I know, actually, it, you know, I would always try and work myself, you know, to the brink of, like, I'm just, I can't do anymore. And I know that when, actually, when I got laid off from my job, I was forced to slow down. I, I would, you know, always distract myself with work. I would always be at work. And now, with the free time that I do have, I'm actually learning to slow down and just kind of reflect. And it's helped a lot with myself, you know, cause I, I still experience, you know, you know, high forms of anxiety. I still, you know, deal with, you know, little bouts, well, not little, but I, I deal with depression and I'm just learning now the avenues of how to work around it to make myself, you know, not, I guess, stuck in a rut like I used to in the past. That makes sense because you, yeah, you've always been um, nose to the grind and you worked in the industry that was always open late. And so you would push yourself to be open late and then you would come to the parties after to be present. So you didn't miss out on the social life and then, um, you know, be dead the next day until you had to get up and do it all over again. So you're kind of hitting the the mental reset button on finally having maybe a normal sleep pattern. I mean, I won't get too crazy with that, but well, one can almost help. <laughs> I wouldn't say normal, but I, it's just the fact that I used to always kind of get down on myself for not having a full day that is just jam-packed with things because you know again like you said I would I would you know do anywhere from eight to ten hour day at work and then if it was a weekend then I would go and party until you know early mornings of the hour and then if I had to work the next day I would just you know sleep a little bit and then go do it again because that was kind of ingrained into me is because I had to always you know, it, I always felt bad when I wasn't using my time to do something, I guess, it, it, productive. It, quotations again, like, but what is productive? It, it doesn't mean you have to work, you know, 12 hour days and go be social. Like, it, like my productive days now are just, you know, cleaning my apartment and cooking for like at home for myself. And, you know, when I, when I lived with, you know, significant others and roommates, like I would, 
again, I was working, you know, ridiculous hours and the cooking portion wasn't that great. Um, and then they would kind of cook for me. So like, yeah, I, I guess I should have done a lot more, but I just, I always chalked it up to, you know, why, why should I cook when I can just go easily buy something <laughs> after a 12 hour day? I mean, fair, but I am just saying that I will be home in April and a home, a home cooked meal never killed me. No, and, you know, I am definitely doing this a little bit more. I definitely would love to cook for more people because it's, I guess in a weird way, it's, it's, it's helpful for mental health, you know, just to slow down, you know, and just create something that's new and different, doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. And I love it because at the end of the day, like when I do it all by hand, and I get to eat it. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, I never knew I had this ability to do this. I definitely, I definitely have, I've definitely grown up and I feel, you know, very proud of the fact because, you know, I can, and you were, you were there for a portion of that where I, you know, I was a really big asshole and I feel really, really bad about that portion of my life because, you know, mental health wise, I was in total shambles, you know, beginning of transition you know I didn't know who I was and I kind of relied on other people to kind of help me be who I was and yeah I was a giant asshole well I mean to me it's okay I don't know about everyone else out there but I at least still love you so thank you and I do apologize to everyone I don't know it it could be anybody I don't know I was probably unintentionally I did go out a lot during that time and I would get drunk a lot and I don't remember a whole lot. Tell <laughs> me. Uh, all right. Before this goes real downhill, real fast. <laughs> Feel like that's gonna be a whole new episode. Shit, I did when I was drunk. Oh, that would be a great episode for us to cover. Oh my god, we've done a lot of that. Uh, well, I think I'll remember your stories, and you can remember mine, and we might fill in the gaps. It'll be great. Yes, just a drunk episode. Yeah. Okay, well then we have to get we have to have some booze. Yes, and we'll do it when we're actually together. Yeah. Um, the great thing about this podcast is that I can do it for an app from the comfort of my own province while you're in your own province. <laughs> All right. Is there anything that you want to end on? I guess at the end of the day, my moral thing is just be yourself. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise of what they think don't listen to them you know i i walk out every single day with almost two inch uh stretched ears and tattoos and you know people always stare but you know what i don't give a shit you know if they and then you open your mouth and your split tongue comes popping out yes and i also have that like at the end of the day if they only knew how weird the weirdness goes with me they, they, they shouldn't have any qualms with how I look. Pretty much true. If only you knew the appearances was half the weirdness. Yeah. But I think that um, that's kind of what I wanted to cover. Like I said, this is the first time I'm doing a co-host thing. And I mean, of course, I was going to make you my first guinea pig because I love you. <laughs> and... Uh, you can help edit this mess with me later. Um, <laughs> but 
I think it went good and that we will probably collab down the road again. And I just kind of want to thank you for sharing your story and talking about your mental health and allowing for me to be a continuous part of it because like we kind of said, our avenues have kind of randomly met and then intertwined and there was a section when they could have ended, but we, for some reason, kind of still held on to each other's friendship. And I mean, um, I always joke that I, that you gave me gray hair, but let's not lie. I've probably given you a decent amount (laughs) of gray hair, especially in the last eight months of my life. So I just also want to like thank you for being there and dealing with my batshit craziness because we all know I am batshit crazy and uh, that I can't wait to see the next segment of what comes out for you in life. Yes, thank you. And thank you for having me on your podcast because, you know, that's cool. (laughs) I'm glad to be a part of it. And I was actually, you know, maybe, maybe helpful um i i'll tell you after editing (laughs) (laughs) well let's have to scrap that and do it all over again Um, but yeah maybe next time we'll be prepared i don't know we've always done i'm never prepared so i just i can't plan anything that's just my qualm that's the one thing in life that i'm not good at is planning anything but i am going to put an end to this episode So I'm going to end off by saying thank you and that I love you and that, yeah, let's get to editing. (laughs) Thank you. Love you too.